Okay, people, so it is that time of week again, and this week's Echo Chamber is a fat-ass free-parter. In part one, no, people, we got three films, um, but before we get to them, let us start things off as we do with a look at the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 28th to the 30th of October. At number 10 is Triangle of Sadness. This is the new film written and directed by Ruben um, Stillard, Stillund, I think, uh, starring Tobias Forward, Harris Dickinson, Charles B. Dean, Janice Mustus, and Vicky Berlin, along with Woody Harrelson, Alicia Erickson, Timalon Gutierrez. All right, at number nine, it is the end of David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy. He directs and co-writes with Chris Bernier, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Carl Richards, Andy Matichak, Stephanie McIntyre, Will Patton, Nick Castle. At number eight, it is the new film from Zach Kreger. He wrote and directed Barbarians, which stars Bill Skarsgård, Georgina Campbell, Justin Long, Matthew Patrick Davis, Richard Brake, Kurt Braunhuller, Jamie's Butler. Right, so... At number seven this week, people, right? I think it is half term, you know what I mean? But it is um, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, right? I think it's the 20th anniversary of the film, so that's why they're putting it out. I mean, it kind of feel, though, after the first one, you got to put out the others, because that's what, the fourth, fifth? I have no clue. Um, anyway, at number six, still holding strong, it's Parker Finn's Smile, starring Susie Bacon, Jesse T. Usher, Carl Garner, Carl Penn, Caitlin Stessy, Judy Rays, Rob Morgan, Gillian Zinza. Um, at number five, people, it's one of those airings of a concert, you know what I mean? And it is Coldplay, Music of the Sphere, live from Buenos Aires, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm sure that was fun. You know, I saw Coldplay back in the day at Highbury, and that was fire. That was a lot of fun, people, you know what I mean? All right. At number four is Pray for the Devil. This is a new film from Daniel Stamm, um, and it is written by Robert Zappis. Starring Virginia Madsen, Jacqueline Byers, Colin Salmon, Nicholas Ralph, Ben Cross, Christina Navarro, Tom Forbes. At number three is um, Martin McDonough's Banshee of Inishinan. Inishinan. I think, uh, starring Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Comden, Barry Keon, Pat Short, Gary Linden, David Pierce, Sheila Fitton, John Kenny, and Brittany Nietzsche-Dan. So at number two, it is Lyle, Lyle Crocodile, from Will Speck and Josh Gordon. Um, written by Will Davis, based on the books from Bernard Wabba, with Constant Wu, Javier Barden, Scoot McNary, Brett Gelman, Sean Mendez, Winslow Fegley, Sal Vis 
Vicuso, um, Don DiPetta, UC Jupiter. It's a big cast, people. And the number one film this week, surprise, surprise, it is Black Adam from Jammu Colletsera, written by Adam Schnickel, Roy Haynes, Rory Haynes, and Shurab Nash, Nashavani, with Dwayne Johnson, Viola Davis, Sarah Sashi, Pierce Bronson, Addis Hodge, Noah Centurio, Odile Haleva, Joseph Gap, Natalie Byrne, Mohammed Armour. Yeah, that is our top 10. So, people, as I said, we got three films in part one. Should we get to it? I think we should, right? Okay, people, let's start things off with a new Netflix joint. It is called The Takeover. Okay, people, so, um, you know, I checked out season one of Mr. Robot, right? Which was, like, there was stuff that was okay, there was stuff that was a little bit, you know what I mean? But hacking shit, it can be interesting. I mean, hackers back in the day, right? That was kind of fun. And then we've got um, Lisbeth Salinger. Lisbeth Salinger? Whatever the name of the chick is, you know, go with the dragon tattoo, all of that jazz, which definitely, you know, what I mean, it was intriguing. As the books got went on, they did get more and more far fetched, but the initial idea, right, intriguing. So when I saw this new film on Netflix, I thought I would give it a shot. Turned out it's a Dutch film. Um, called The Takeover. It is from director Anne-Marie van der Mond, and it is written by Hans-Erik Kran and Tigis van Marl. The film is produced by um, Anne-Inique van Wilt and Femke Benik. Music is from Melgin Snickler. Uh, William Helwig handled the cinematography. Faith Chura edited the film. Rosie Staple, production design. Um, Makeup and all of that jazz is Tessa Honstra, Scarlett Creddy, and Lindert Van Nimwegen. Okay, so our cast, well, we have got Mel Banderson, played by Holly May Brood, uh, Thomas Dean, played by Giza Wiz, um, hmm. Rogers, played by Lawrence Sheldon, um, yeah, the IMB is a bit rubbish because they don't, they've got actors, but with no names beside them, which is not helpful. Um, hmm. Also in the film, we've got Frank Lamars, Susan Arada, Walid Benbrek, and Nochi Heller. Um, so, yes. There you go. Now, the gist of the film is this. When the ethical hacker Mel Banderson diffuses a hack on a high-tech self-driving bus, she unintentionally shuts down an international criminal network. Together with Thomas Dean, her clumsy date from the night before, she flees from these criminals, but also from the police. So, yeah, there you go. Now, we kind of start off with, you know, a guy going to a, a, a you know, a uh, army base who are having problems. 
he tracks the hack down to Mel Banderson and then recruits her, recruits her to come work with him. We jump forward, I think it's 10, 15 years, um, and then Mel is working with these other people. Now, we find out that she's no longer with um, her friend, but no, no real, that is never really explained what happened. There's a betrayal, something, but we never really know, you know? And I think that in itself is a big part of some of the things that get a little bit frustrating about the film. Because, like, these events happen, but not with really any explanation. Like the, the bus situation, right? Now, in the last third of the film, it's kind of, you find out that it's a bigger, 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 like, conspiracy kind of thing. And it's just like, well, you're just mentioning that now? Like, there's not enough time to truly unravel this and, like, why and, you know what I mean? Just all of that kind of thing, right? It, it just seems that the film wanted to be really smart, really clever, really just intriguing web upon web upon web just this mystery but without giving anything enough time to breathe you know like she goes on a date with Thomas he says he's a chef she goes to his house doesn't seem that he is a chef but then there's no conversation to be like yo I thought you were a chef like what the fuck what happened you know, so we don't know, is he a chef? Like, what the fuck happened? Like, what happened? You know, there's, there's just so many things here that just get flung at you, but all a little willy-nilly, you know what I mean? That's the big thing. Now, that you know, to show the hack, they do do these little graphical things, which is kind of nice, little interesting, right? So it's not just someone in front of a computer screen, like hitting button, bum, 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 bum. you know what I mean? They try and do something a little visual with it, which, yeah, I respect that. That was good. I enjoyed that. It was just everything else seemed just a little all over the place, right? Like, she's a hacker, and they're hacking all of these things and doing all of these things. But it's just like, first of all, it seemed, you know, with Buddy, she was working for the government. Now, who knows, right? But she's got pictures on her wall of the things she's been doing, which you do kind of feel. You're doing this crazy shit that is, technically illegal why would you be printing off evidence if anyone broke into your place just came into your place and saw all of that they'd be like hold on a sec you know what I mean it was just like so insane that they'd be printing it off and sticking it on a notice board it's, it's, it's illogical right you'd think hackers be more sensible Right? That that was the big thing. It was just like, for hackers, they're not doing very smart things. Like, also, escapes. Surely you'd be like, okay, if the police, if anyone tracked me down, right, this is how I would escape. This is, I need a go bag. I need none of that. There's just none of that. A and someone in that line of work you'd feel that's what they would have. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm thinking way too much about this shit, right? That might be it. Maybe I'm thinking too hard. And this is just meant to be light, light watching, you know, a little poppycorn film. But you know what I mean? 
I just think it needed more. There needed to be more substance. Just all the stuff with the police, like the police is just, oh, we're going to arrest her. She's like, oh, but you should look into these. Okay, we're going to look into these. You know, it was just all a bit like, what? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty simple just to get the police to go do something. It, it was just like, this is a little illogical. This isn't moving how you think it would be moving. People stealing stuff, which you're just like, sure, like it shouldn't be that simple, right? It, like no one's really covering their tracks. It, it's just, and the fact they couldn't stop a bus, right? You think puncture the tires, right? You throw those strips down, puncture the tires set up a roadblock, a better roadblock than the flimsy piece of shit that they did. It was just like, come on now. What are we doing? You know what I mean? You just think, like, all the things they could muster and nothing. Nothing whatsoever. It, oh, and the ending. Ending made no sense. Like, it... it I mean, obviously, there's a sense to it. If you want to turn it into a franchise, maybe this is a book series. I don't know. Right? But it was just like, oh, here's here, here's all of this. And, oh, now these characters are going to do this. Bit. And it's just like, wait, what? What? Ah. I mean, it just felt, I felt very frustrated. I felt very frustrated. Now... If you really liked Mr. Robot, right, but you thought, ah, he could have been funner. I don't know. It, it could have been more silly. <laughs> maybe, like, the takeover is for you, right? May, maybe. But, um, hey, it's on Netflix. It's a, also, it's a foreign film, right? I, I think a lot of foreign films have different kind of beats, than other films you know what I mean so yeah this may be killing it in the Netherlands right who knows but yeah it's on Netflix if you want to check it out go take a look at the takeover okay Next up, people, we have a new Prime video joint. It is Meet Me in New York. Okay, people, so, right, to be honest, I wasn't originally going to look at this film, but the film I was going to check out ended up being subtitled and i was just like oh yeah no <laughs> that that's not happening so i was like what can fill the gap and i just thought okay this is quick i will give meet me in new york a look okay so yeah that's the reason here we are here it is directed by adrian langley written by danny morgan um, it is produced by Adam Gowland, uh, executive produced by Sebastian Batro, Tom Berry, Suzanne Chapman, Brianna Hartley, Rebecca Hughes, and Linda Streger. It is line produced by Jordana Arons. Bobby Rose handles the music, Ryan Knight, the cinematography, and Eric Goddard edits the piece. Casting is from Larissa Mayer. Jacob Mazzilli handles set decoration. Costume design is Aaron Roach. Um, and Justin Gravel handles the uh, hair. Our cast, well, we have Brooke Nevin, as Kelly, Corey Sevier as Joe Joseph, and Molly Lewis as Joe's niece, Willow. Uh, Maria 
Sirajanis is Joe's aunt, I think it is. Uh, Chelsea Moorhead is Kelly's best friend, Sam. Um, hmm, no, 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 no. Um, her best friend is Sarah, played by Ipsia Paul. I forget who Chelsea plays. I think Kowaku Adu Poku is Joe's best friend. Um, and I forget his name. Yeah. Okay, the gist of the film, though, people, is this. Ambitious New York events planner Kelly is one of the best in the business. But when Joe, a stubborn but influential website editor, hires her to organize his niece's birthday, Kelly soon realizes that she may have met her match. Which, I don't know what that meant to me, right? Might have met her match. Like, how? <laughs> you know? And, yeah, look, this film ain't for me, right? It wasn't made for me, you know? Uh, now, it's like I give these things a look sometimes just because I want to be surprised. And there are the few that I really enjoy. You know what I mean? So you can't just judge a book by its cover. But this one, I, I don't always understand giving people professions where it seems you know nothing about that profession. Because it's like, you know, it says she's one of the best events planners in the business. The way she plans this event, it's it's really fucking odd, firstly, right? You sit down with the client, get a brief, just all of this kind of thing. She's just like, oh, this is what I think it should be, and we'll do this, and yeah, that we'll have that, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, what? Like, it's a little girl's birthday. It's a 10th birthday party, right? And she's, the venue she picks, right? Now, Joe asks her, what, like, what would you like for your birthday? And she's just like, oh, in a, in a kind of stately home, in a castle, in a, you know, she kind of, dis she gives some ideas. I mean, they're little kid ideas, so it's all ridiculous. But you could find things that kind of mirror what she's looking for. But they just go to this. It's literally we have them go to one place, right? The, the first thing they look at is the thing that's it. That is just like all the time. It's just like they go to this studio. It's like, oh, this is perfect. And it's just like, is it though? It's a little kid's birthday party. If you are holding, you know what I mean, a round table or something, maybe it's a little kid's birthday party, right? They, she then recommends this singer, right? Because he's like, oh, let's have a DJ. She's just like, oh, no, 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 no. I think live music would be better. And you think, okay, yeah, all right. He's stinky rich. So, who's some of her favorite pop acts or whatever music she might be into who knows little willow might be into drill music who fucking knows right <laughs> but it's not that you know I and mean? kelly's just like oh i worked with this artist they go to a restaurant but she's playing there Firstly, she's like, oh, I thought it was French. And then I've now I realize it's Cajun. And I'm like, well, if you looked at it, surely you would have worked that out. There is a big difference here, you know. And literally they sit down and she's just like, oh, this is perfect. This is just like home. I'm like, yo, just sat down. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? There is literally like nothing. You know what I mean? Listen, I, I've hung out in Louisiana and New Orleans, you know what I mean? It, it, there was nothing in this spot that jumped out at you and was like, yeah, this is, you know, this. So th there's a lot of these stupid ass statements. And this woman play, playing the guitar, 
plays a few notes and they're like, oh, that's perfect. Oh my God, she's amazing. And I'm like, you ain't even fucking heard her. And also, you're saying that that, that music is what a 10-year-old wants to fucking hear? It is the weirdest fucking thing. You know what I mean? The weird, like the, in the coffee shop, they go to where Joe's best friend hangs out. He's like, oh, the, the, the chef makes really great cakes. You should ask her. And they're like, okay, she's making the cake. It's like, I mean, you're not going to check out local bakeries, te go test some cakes and just, no, you're just taking this one word and that's it. It's, yeah, <laughs> this is, it's a crazy one. This is fucking crazy. It's Mills and Booney, right? I mean, without the, is it, is Mills and Booney sexy? I don't even know, right? But it's that by numbers romance shit. You know what I mean? Like two people they meet and in the first interaction, they don't get on. Then they discover that they're the people that is the having a big meeting. Oh no. You know what I mean? It, it's one of those ones, people. And then in every in the first few interactions, they're butting heads. And then all of a sudden, something changes. Whoa. Now, we don't have them talking about each other's lives, you know, anything like that, where you'd think, okay, yeah, they're, they're learning, they've got these things in common, and, you know, they've been hanging out all of this time. No, we don't even get that. So, again, it's like people that are like, I'm going to change my life for you. And it's just like you don't even know that person, right? These are ludicrous statements. These are like at the start of the film, she's told that she's up, she could be in the running for a job, but the process is going to take six months. Throughout the film, this whole job, like it drastically changes and becomes the, one of the most ridiculous things. One of the most, like, recruitment process up in this is insane. Supposedly, Joseph started off as the coffee boy in a company. And within two years, he's running it, which is just like, wait, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no actual sense to anything that happened. Like, anything. This girl, you know, his niece is nine years old, right? She's about to have her 10th birthday. Now, nine-year-olds, they're kids. They're dumb. But I kind of feel that they're not everyone you hang out with, right? As soon as, like, she meets Helly and it's like, is that your girlfriend? Like, they're not that. Do you know what I mean? That might be a four or five-year-old, a little, little kid. Like, nine, you kind of feel it's just like, well, who's that? I work with her. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? But with this, everything is like, you two are dating. Talking about this stupid computer game stupid like it's it's this film it's one of those ones right and and we talk about like female empowerment and all of that but it's stuff like this that really dumbs that shit down right you're like you're making your characters look like real dullards like, everything's so simplistic and just, that ain't life, right? When these characters meet, like, their best friends or their family, it doesn't feel like that, right? They, they, it, you do not get a chemistry from any of these fucking people. It is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, people, it's not my fave. It's not my fave. But there you go. There you go. Listen, if you want to watch it, meet me in New York. It's on Prime Video. So, uh, yeah, listen, it might not be for me, but 
if you're a fan of like Chalet Girl and, you know, Love Rosie and just stuff like that, this is probably going to tickle your little socks off. So there you go. Meet me in New York. Okay, people. So we're going to end part one with another prime exclusive. It is Run Sweetheart Run. Okay, people. So I was really intrigued. I kept on going on Prime and seeing the poster for Run Sweetheart Run. And you know what I mean? It looks like this chick in trouble. And it, it looked like it was going to be one of those suspense, intense thrillers. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give that shit a look, right? It is directed by Shayna Fest, who co-writes along with Keith Joseph Adkins and Keely Terrell. Uh, the film is produced by Fest, um, Effie Brown, Jason Bloom, Brian Kavanagh-Jones, uh, co-produced by Jennifer Scudder-Trent, executive produced by Jeanette Vol Volterono, Beatrix Sequiria, uh, Cooper Samuelson, Jennifer Beza, and associate produced by Molly Stone. Music is from Rob, aka Robin Kudert, Bartoros Nalazek. Handles the cinematography. Dominic Laperie edits the piece. Sarah Dumia Lindo and Terry Taylor handle all the casting. Paige Buckner is production design. Art direction is Sammy Wolslager. Um, Tamar Barmoon and Lisa Sun. Handle set decoration and Nadine Hadders and Ernesto Martinez costume design. Now, the film is starring. We have Ella Balinska as Sherry. Um, James R. Fuller is played by Clark Gregg. That is um, her boss. Right. Um, his wife is Judy, played by Betsy Brandt. Uh, we've got Sherry's friend, best friend, I think, is Vilma, played by Amar Sotomayor. Then there is Ethan, her boss's client, played by Pilar. Asbizk. Um, we've got Sherry's ex, Trey, played by Deo Oekio. Um, there's Nancy, played by Amanda Jaros. June, played by Amy Doyle. Anita, played by Ava Gray. Um... <clears throat> We've got Maya, played by Jess Gaber. Um, her um, her ex-friend Dawn, played by Camilla Zumbado. Um, I think it might be Camilla um, Dawn's Brother, like I, I'm no quite, quite sure, but there's Norlin played by Lamar Johnson, right? 
Um, actually, Nolan might be related to uh, Trey. I'm not sure. There's no real explanation around Nolan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, we got Michelle played by Gigi Zumbada and Raven played by Tierra Buck. Um, do, 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 do. Who else do we have? Um, hmm. I guess we should probably give a mention to the there's an, a taxi driver, Marco Khan, um, police officer played by Michael Patrick McGill, another one played by Brandon Molay. Not very nice guys, we probably should say. Uh, then there's the first lady played by um Shura Agadashalu, um, and then the secretaries at the law firm where Sherry and James both work. We play by Saigon Rose, Brianna Lane, Caitlin Raymond, and Sigrid Owen. Now, the gist. Of the story is this Initially apprehensive when her boss Insists she meets with one of his Most important clients Single mum Cherie is relieved And excited when she Meets charismatic Ethan The influential businessman Defies expectations And sweeps Cherie off her feet But at the end Of the night when the two are alone Together he reveals his True violent nature Battered and terrified, she flees for her life, beginning a relentless game of cat and mouse with a bloodthirsty assailant hell-bent on her utter destruction. In this edge-of-your-seat dark thriller, Cherie finds herself in the crosshairs of a conspiracy stranger and more evil than she could have ever imagined. So, that is, that's the gist of the film. Right, and you may have pulled out of that, but this film, there's a merging of genres, right? Because as I said at the start, right, I was expecting like an, an intense thriller, right? A suspenseful film. It's also got horror elements. It's got some others, which I probably won't say because it might give shit away, right? And I don't want to do that, people. I don't want to do that. Um, now, here's the thing, right? It, it, it starts off... Well, no. I will probably say that I think the big evil in this is probably misogyny, right? I think essentially that's what our, our you know... Ethan character is misogyny in person, in passe, in carne, incarnate. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Um, which, you know, we've seen that work, right? We've seen that work well. This film, I think, like, there's some decent acting, you know? Um... There's definitely, yeah, there's definitely some decent acting, I will say, right? I mean, Pilau as Ethan is definitely menacing. Um, Ella, she's not too bad as Shiri, right? There's, there's some, well, it's not, Ella isn't bad in her role. Like, the writing at times lets her role down. You know what I mean? Clark Gregg is decent as um, Fuller, you know? Sharia is, is good as the First Lady, Doesn't definitely doesn't swear like she does in The Expanse, you know? <laughs> right, but as I said, there's issues with the writing here, right? Because we, we learn at the beginning that, you know, Sharia's a secretary, but she's going to um, uni to become a lawyer, right? So she's smart, 
And it, it starts off with her getting gaslit about a supposed mistake, right? Now, in all of this, like, we're told her and James are real good friends. But the way he talks to her at the beginning, that's some messed up shit, right? That, that's not how a friend would talk to you. So it does then question her reliance on him later in the film, right? Why you would even go near someone who treated you in a certain way, you know? Which I think is a big thing because it's like the, you've got this intelligent woman, but who doesn't necessarily always act in that fashion, right? Now, obviously, right, this is a crazy situation, right? She's in. So, yeah, there's things that will happen, right? You're not thinking straight, but she's going on this work situation right going on this work meeting which firstly you kind of go to yourself why are they meeting at dude's house right you'd think that the, they would meet at the restaurant right you're not going to the house first that's just weird and it's the way she reacts when she first meets Ethan because it's like, um, oh, my God, he's so attractive. Like, it, there's this, like, what? And it's like, wait, she hasn't met an attractive man? You know what I mean? It, it was a weird reaction. Now, you could have had, while they're at dinner and they're talking, and it's like, oh, my God, he's asking me questions. Ah, oh, like, he, he's being attentive. He's being nice. This is different. Ah, oh, man, I, 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 I can't remember the last time someone did. Like, that kind of reaction, boom. I get. But the, the way she acts when the door opens, you're just a bit like, I don't know, man. That, this, uh, that does not sit right. Right? Doesn't sit right. That, that whole thing. You know? Because it's like she's making these really weird decisions she's got a little baby at home and she's doing these crazy things right she's always talking about being taken seriously and getting promoted at work and all of this so you would then assume to yourself right she ain't gonna mess around with a client right obviously she ain't messing with a client because that that's not gonna look good at work you know what I mean? You keep working that shit separate. Right? It's odd. The other weird thing, we have her on a period. That's not the weird thing. But I kind of feel, now, look, obviously, I'm not a woman. You know what I mean? But I kind of feel that most women probably know when they're due on, right? When their period is coming. Now, these things can definitely get thrown off, but where, where you might be like, yeah, I think, I think I'm due soon. If you don't already have shit in your bag, you're going to put something in your bag, right? Whether it be a tampon, a pad, who gives a fuck, whatever it is, you're throwing something in your bag just so in case it comes on, you know what I mean? While you're out, you've got something. So it's a little bit odd that she has nada, nada, you know? That that seemed a bit like, really? Really? And then the whole in incident with her daughter and the tampon, you're just like, I mean, that's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Convenient, yes. Conven There's a few convenient things, like the dog, right? Is very convenient. There's two, There's so many of those. Like the girl at the party, all of these things that, you know, don't quite add up, right? And 
she is told, yo, y'all need to run, right? But she often goes to places where there's not necessarily alternative exits, which makes no real sense. No real sense, right? The film does have some twists in it, not twists essentially that will make you go <gasps> like, but twists in the genre type of the film, let's just say, which you kind of think to yourself, all right, if this is what now we're saying it is, is she ever getting, like, surely she shouldn't be able to get, you know what I mean? You're like, it makes a chase pretty much null and void, right? It, it just seemed a bit weird. We have these moments in the film, it seems, where they're breaking the fourth wall. Or is it the fifth wall? It's one of those walls, right? Like, they're going to the viewer. Mm, you probably don't want to look at this. Or certain things like that. Or stop. You can't come in yet. You know, we, we have these which are very unclear, right? That's what's happening. And it only happens a few times. So it's just like, wait, is that or are they doing something? You know what I mean? It, it's, it's not as well conveyed like it could be, right? And it feels odd to throw that in there when there is nothing else that does it throughout the movie or, or any kind of reference to to that you know just seemed a bit like yeah that's random we get that situ that type of situation where she is meek with some people and then she kind of flares up with others and it's just like firstly these are probably the wrong people to be flaring up with right but where's that energy in some of the other moments like what what's What's going down here, you know? And and it's always frustrating in a film when you have characters going, hey, okay, what do you want me to, you want me to do? Why do you want me to do this thing? And they're like, look, I can't tell you. And it's just like, yeah, what do you mean you can't? You can. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like you're asking for help with no explanations. And it's just a bit weird. Right, it's a bit weird that you don't go right. This is the this is the jam, right? This is what's going down. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, you know what I mean? It, it's just that. Then you've got right this this. She's bleeding, but all her makeup is perfectly fine. Right? They've they've got a, a few cuts. But essentially, makeup is perfect and all, all of that kind of jazz, you know. But it's like a plaster. Most people got plasters in their yards. But there's no, can I have a plaster? Can I? Which you kind of, you're scratching your head. There's a lot of weird moments in the film that make it very uneven. You know, it, it, it makes it uneven and kind of a, a very all over the place, you know? It, it, yes, it's a little baffling. There's a car crash scene, and the fallout of this car crash, but she's still in the car. No one else is in the car. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. If, if these people are out, then how the fuck is she still there? It, it was just the weirdest scene, the way it's all laid out and just, yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, no one's wearing a seatbelt. So it's very, it's an odd film. It's an odd film, I think, you know, it's just trying to be too many things, right? It's trying to be too many things. When you look at something like Promising Young Woman, right, which... I think did this stuff so well, right? So well. 
I, this doesn't quite match up, right? Doesn't quite match up, which is such a shame because I, I was definitely, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, what, what, what's going down here? But it, yeah. Also, the, the whole Ethan thing and the arrangement, not really, well, it's not explained at all, right? Because you're like, okay, so if, yeah, there is this thing in place, why? Right? Why? You know what I mean? Like, it, it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. And it's, you know, one thing that bugs me is just like, um, okay, I'm going to give you some really vague information. No one else is here, and I could tell you more, but I'm not going to tell you more. I'm just going to be really vague and hand you some paper. When it's just like, you you could have said a lot more in that moment, right? But they don't. Yeah, it is. I can see what they're trying to do with this film. And look. I commend the effort. You know, we've got some very good performances and stuff like that. The script just doesn't do the actors and actresses enough justice, I feel. You know? And I think where they want to throw in these twists and turns, it doesn't necessarily work. But if you do like a suspenseful film, maybe it could be your thing, right? Maybe it could be your thing. So... Yeah, run, sweetheart, run. It is on Prime Video right now. Okay, people, so we are reaching the end of part one. There's still two more parts to go, which you will want to check out, people. But let us take a look at what's happening in the world of film, shall we? So there's a stupid-ass statement from the boss of Universal Pictures, Donna Langley, right? She's um, come out and said that, you know, she really wants a female-led spin-off of the Fast and the Furious franchise, Right. And I say it's stupid because for a few things, but this is what Langley said. I would love to see a female fast. So would Vin. We have so many great and amazing female characters in our franchise. And now there's the new addition of Brie Larson to add to the incredible roster. I would love to see us do a female fast. Well, here's the thing. You're the head of the studio, right? You say yourself and Vin would love to see this. Greenlight it. Make it happen, right? Remember a few years ago, Michelle Rodriguez was pissed and was like, I'm not coming back to the franchise. Like, the female character roles are pretty shit. Which, let's be honest, they are. <laughs> They're not exactly meaty. You know what I mean? We don't get a lot of character development so it's like they could have and supposedly they hired some female writers to write something back in 2019 but never greenlit it so it's just like it's ridiculous to make these sort of statements when you control it you could do it if you really if you, you really want it make it happen Right? Don't just, oh, we'd love to. Just make it fucking happen, dum-dums. Oi. Okay. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's uh, going to be starring in a new film called Silent Kill. Right? It's being written by Anthony Hickox. Um, and, uh, yeah. Hickox will also be um, directing the film, right? It supposedly follows four mercenaries who find a hidden treasure in the Congo. They bury it and agree to meet back at the same spot in three years and split the fortune evenly. But things take a different turn. Okay. I mean, we've seen this film. <laughs> we've seen this film so many times. You know what I mean? Um, Van Damme is going to be producing it along with Joram Moreca, and it's also starring Vernon Davis, Raphael Amaya, 
and Madalena Ania. Okay. Also, people, um, now everyone told me to go watch everything everywhere all at once. And I tried, but the subtitle is so many sub like and everyone's talking so fast. It's yeah, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But one of the stars of that film, Stephanie Hoos, has um just landed herself a role in the full guy. Right? This is starring Ryan Goslin, Emily Blunt, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's being directed by David Liech. Right, so um, yeah, it's uh, based on that 80s TV series, so we'll see what happens with that, shall we? Um, yeah, talking of remakes, right? So, ooh, when was it 2016? Right, the, the cartoon anime Your Name came out. Right, was it supposed to be a big success? Well, they're making a live action version, and Carlos Lopez Estrada is going to uh, write and direct it. All right, so, um, yeah, it's going to be a Paramount Bad Robot and Toho. Um, says in the reimagined version, two teenagers discover they are magically in intermittently swapping bodies. When a disaster threatens to upend their lives, they must journey to meet and save their worlds. So, um, yes, there we go. See what happens with that. Now, funny enough, Toho have also got something else up their sleeves, right? So, um, supposedly on the 3rd of November, 2023, so next year, a new Godzilla film is hitting cinemas, right? Now, Toho are the ones that originally started Godzilla, right? So, uh, I think the 3rd of, the 3rd of November is Godzilla Day, right? So that's why they brought out this big announcement. Um, it is being directed by Takashi Yamaziki. Um, but that's all we know. So we there's a lot of Godzilla, right? There's Apple have got a TV series, there's the Godzilla V Con 2 coming. Yeah, there's a lot of Godzilla hitting the airways real soon. So if you enjoy it. You are in luck. Now, another franchise that, you know, is really on the bubble, right? A Quiet Place, you know? Haven't got around to watching the sequel yet, but I plan to, people, trust me. But we knew we were getting a, um, a spin-off film. Now, the product stalled a little bit, you know? But then... Um, Michael Samoski came on board to direct, right? It's scheduled to hit on the 8th of March, 2024. And uh, now it looks like Lapita Nyong'o is going to play the lead role. So we've got a title as well now, A Quiet Place Day One, right? It's an idea from John Kranansky who is going to be producing, along with Michael Bay, Andrew Form, and Brad Fuller. So, I'm kind of excited for that, people. You know what I mean? And let's end with this, right? Because um, we are getting an adaptation of Ariana Harwick's book, Die My Love. This is going to be brought to us by Lynn Ramsey and Jennifer Lawrence, right? Martin Scorsese is um, producing, and the story unfolds in a forgotten patch of the French countryside. A woman is battling her demons, embracing exclusion, yet wanting to belong, craving freedom whilst feeling trapped yearning for family life but wanting to burn the entire house down 
given surprising leeway by her family for her increasingly erratic behavior, she nevertheless feels ever more stifled and repressed. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that turns out, shall we? But, people, as promised, this is a free parter. So, part two, we've got, uh, we look at Duality, a graffiti film. And, you know, speak to the director, Ryan Dowling. And then in part three, we take a look at James Hemmings' Ghost in America's Kitchen and talk to the uh, the writer, um, the architect, and one of the stars of the film, Ashbel McLevin. So you do not want to miss those people. Trust me, because I have great conversations with these cats. All right. So I will see you shortly in part two. All right. Peace.